0: hey everyone welcome to the single player experience podcast the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play and to hear about upcoming games that you've got to have on your wish list the, the game that I want to talk about today is in the latter portion. It is a game that's high on my wish list after PAX East because this is a game that stuck with me. I'm talking about like stuck with me like a good southern meal to where I, I walked away from this game salivating for more. I absolutely got to have it as soon as it's released. I'm injecting it straight into my bloodstream. It's a day one for me. But... Y'all y'all have probably heard me talk about this game a little bit before, and if you're a first-time listener, you're going to hear me talk about it all throughout the year because that's how high I am on this. But enough about me raving about it because I have two special guests with me today who are going to, like the experts on it, they're going to talk all about their game coming up. My guest today is Tony and Abby from Black Tabby Games. How are y'all doing today?
1: Hi, hey, we're doing great. great. How are you? Thank you so much for having us. <laughs>
0: Um. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. So, guys, for the people who don't know you and Black Tab, uh, like Black Tabby Games, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Uh, I am Abby Howard. I have been a cartoonist for seven years and a game developer for three. So, I am primarily visual art and writing.
2: Yeah, and I'm Tony. Um, I am Abby's partner. Uh, I do all of the coding and game design for our projects and i also co-write them with abby i had a much less exciting career before switching into games uh mostly working in like uh media and tech startups on the marketing side of things oh that's fun that's fun two different branches
0: come together i like that i like that so i gotta ask you you you've come up with this nice name for this studio black tabby games like how did that come to be so
1: tabby is tony and abby oh that's (laughs) right
2: yeah we also like cats we like
1: cats and black cats are associated with horror so just seemed like a good fit
0: yeah i like that so specifically y'all make games a lot on the horror side of the fence like what was the inspiration behind that decision is it just a personal preference that do y'all like all things horror
1: definitely personal preference. I love horror. I never want to work on anything but horror again in my life. I just love it.
2: I also love the genre. I am a little less fanatical about it compared (laughs) to Abby. This is definitely, um, goth GF indoctrination. (laughs) Um, but, uh, one, it's, just a very fun medium to work in we both on top of being horror writers are comedy writers which is probably pretty evident from both of our games and it's it's a genre pairing that plays where the two genres play off of each other very very well um they both are good at playing with player emotions and You know, it's 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 a fun little dance where you get a little people into a false sense of security by being goofy and then hit them with something completely unexpected in the in the next moment.
0: I like that. I like that. So here on the single player experience, we mostly focus on video game recommendations. Before we get to the topic of the show, I got to ask you, what are some video game recommendations that you would just recommend to the audience outside of the two games that y'all
2: have worked on?
1: I'd say Devotion, anything Mm -hmm. by Red Candle Studios, really. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, Uh, Devotion was really incredible.
2: They're great. Um, I feel like everyone's been recommended this one by now, but sometimes someone hasn't been recommended it. Uh, Disco Elysium is a flawless piece of literature. It's just (laughs) like a perfect game. Um, Gosh, this is one of those questions where it's like, whenever I'm not on the spot, I have 50 titles (laughs) like
1: Oh, I and love um, Return of the Obra Dinn
2: oh, that was okay. very good.
1: What Remains of Edith Finch. Mm-hmm. Those are big oh, ones for me.
2: So good. yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So good. Um, oh, uh, the Excavation of, Hob- of Hobbs Barrow.
2: Yeah, that Loved good. that. Incredible. Um, I've been, we were talking about this before we started. I've been getting deep into the Honkai Star Rail hole mm-hmm. right now, which is shockingly well-written for a gotcha game. Um, very, very funny, very interesting quest writing um and you don't have to spend money on it. <laughs> that's
0: really cool. so it's one of those gotchas to where you can get the complete experience without having to spend money yeah, oh, okay, that's really good. that's really good. So before we begin with the topic of the show, do you, what movies have y'all been watching because I feel like y'all y'all watch tons of like horror
2: movies as well.
1: Yeah, we do.
2: I mean we saw the new evil dead. We
1: saw the new evil dead. I'm looking forward to um Bo is Afraid.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And uh let's see. We recently watched this one Possession. That was a really interesting one. Oh, I God. liked that a lot. It's on Shutter. It has oh, uh true. Sam Neill in it. Oh yes. yeah, that
2: one was that one was a bit of a, a head trip. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um I've I, seen you know.
1: most horror movies. <laughs> I <laughs> that's think I fun. would say.
0: That's fun. So let's get to the topic of the show. You created a game that's highly on my anticipated list among a lot of people who, who walked out of PAX. It was almost like the buzz of the media room at PAX. And I it is one, like I said, that stuck with me at even, even weeks later now this game is called slay the princess and right now it is exclusively for pc i believe y'all had a steam deck there that was it was playable on if i remember correctly as well you know i got to ask for the people who don't know about slay the princess can you give them the pitch what is this game
1: you wake up in the woods and a mysterious narrator tells you that you must slay this princess or she is going to end the world and what you do with that knowledge is very much up to you. You can make a lot of choices from there that greatly impact the narrative and the princess herself. Yeah.
2: So like a lot a lot of the game boils down to here's a very simple premise um which means that we can really aggressively explore player agency and let people choose from a lot of different options. Um
1: yeah, and really have the choice drive what the narrative does. Yeah. Versus uh, trying to shuffle people onto a path.
2: Yeah, it's a little spooky. It's very funny. Um, I think if you are interested in things that lie uh, at the intersection of like the Stanley Parable and more explicit horror, uh, you will probably enjoy it. So this is your second
0: game that you've developed. The first game being Scarlet Hollow. What are some of the lessons you learned from Scarlet Hollow that you've applied to *Slay the Princess?
1: Well, for me on the art side, (laughs) a (laughs) lot, I I learned a lot. I mean, Scarlet Hollow was quite the the learning curve for me. It was very much a place where I was experimenting with how the process would go because I'm a traditional artist. So I draw with pen and paper for Mm -hmm. this one. It's pencil and paper. So uh it was very much learning how to work with that and uh, make it function as a video game. Yeah, <laughs> so, so- And I know other people have done that, but I had to learn my own way.
2: Right. Yeah. Like, I think one thing that really stands out um, and, and a lot of the design decisions we made about Slay the Princess were direct reactions to challenges we've run into with scarlet hollow especially because scarlet hollow is like an ongoing title it's still in early access it's um, very
1: girthy like yeah. it's a lot of art it's a lot of writing it's a lot of branching right uh, that all has to still function as a single story that we want to tell yeah. but with a ton of variation in it right
2: yeah. um so it's like slay the princess started when i was getting tired of spending too much of my time just actively doing marketing and talking to publishers and posting on Twitter and figuring out hacky little ways to generate more sales. And it became a question of like, okay, but like, what if all of that time was spent writing a second game? Um, we can try this out and then let's figure out what are ways to really streamline the lengthier parts of especially Abby's um, contributions Um, so that we can continue to deliver Scarlet Hollow without like too many delays, but you know have something else going on that also generates more hype. So, like one of the decisions that we made early on was she mentioned everything in Scarlet Hollow is like hand inked. Um, we also reduced like just the size of the paper that she's working on. We have this fun visual aid that we always like throw off where it's like, here's a background for Scarlet Hollow. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah,
1: and then this is sorry for all the shuffling noises. This is a size of the paper for Slay the Princess,
2: and then inking
1: also takes a lot of time. So doing just the pencils means I don't have to ink it, and Mm -hmm. that saves tons of time. Right. Because I do a lot of heavy cross hatching. It's a lot of very intensive ink work.
2: Yeah, so it's like to give to give just some context for the general scope of Scarlet Mm -hmm. Hollow. I believe as of right now, so episode four out of our plan seven is released. It is 586,000 words long. It has uh, around, I want to say, somewhere between five and 700 backgrounds, the size of what she showed you, and they're all unique and hand-drawn. And then there are something like 4,000 sprites in it. Since something that we do is like, one, every character just for their Base sprites has like thirty to fifty different expressions that are different poses, different facial expressions.
1: They uh, change their they outfits every episode,
2: and then in a lot of scenes, instead of the t- the normal visual novel sprite is standing in front of a background mm-hmm. out of perspective. You know, you're at dinner, and she's standing in front of the table. Um, Abby, as an in-house artist mm-hmm. and co-creator, is able to like. Put a lot of extra resources into okay well we're at a diner here's the sprites of everyone sitting at the table and they have completely unique sprites there um so it's a lot of work and part of where slay the princess also came from was okay we can minimize some of this bloat and it's very good bloat in scarlet hollow but you can't juggle two projects like that at the same time um, so let's start with like, okay, what's What's a premise where there's one character who's on screen? You're in one location and it's like, you know, a, a, a relatively straightforward premise. Um, so I think what it, it originally started as something that was a little more grounded in reality than the final product. I think the original pitch, which lasted for half a day before we started workshopping it, was like, You know, you are sent, you know, by some people with very little information into a basement. You are, you know, told that there is a, you know, human prisoner here who's a threat to the world. And you're not given more information. And you have to, you know, it's, you're you're tasked with killing her. And you're investigating that. And then we, I think partway through abby suggested oh we could title it like save the princess or something and be cheeky and then slay the princess was an obvious play on that and that added like a more fantasy slant to the whole thing
1: mm-hmm. and then tony yeah. was imagining it more as like a humor game i mean mm-hmm. it's still yeah yeah it's still very funny but then i was like oh yeah and then she chews her arm off yeah yeah and, <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and i think i think it's like there, there were some things that were in the original script That I was like, well, you know, this could be funny or it wouldn't be too bad. And then like Abby comes in with the hyper detailed art of the realistic teeth chewing through and the exposed bone is just like, oh, no, this was a sillier game.
1: I do my best. (laughs) Yeah. I
2: mean, I think it's a lot better for it, too.
0: It is a lot better, but it is like it is a shocking element, too, because like as a person who's experienced that part of the game, it's like. You're, you do have like that narrator, that back and forth between the narrator and another character and the person you're playing as. It's like all like all these voices and, and such like that. And it's almost like it's not it's an argumentative jovial kind of argument. Like it's it's like philosophical in a way to where like sure. you're taking a moment back to where you're asking yourself, I'm like, do we need to do this? Or like you're evaluating the situation at hand and then all of a sudden she's just ah, going to work on her arm okay. and you're like, whoa, OK, OK. It just, it just went to Def Con Five and, and such like that, and it's yeah. it's one of those it's that shocking element that adds just a little like seasoning onto
2: that story that really makes it stand out. Like I gotta shout you all up for that. Yeah, like Thank I think you. it plays with expectations a lot when that happens, and then you know you you think you fall into a pattern, you think you know what's going to happen next, and then um and you know another advantage of having a shorter game and one with I don't know how much we want to talk about twists and mechanics even ones that are currently present in the demo but mm-hmm. with some of the mechanics there it's like we are got we are able to do very definitive things that you wouldn't be able to do in other narratives that still move the story forward um which again further plays with expectations
0: so it sounds like the, the scope of a Scarlet Hollow is massive in comparison to Slay the Princess. What like do you almost get a like a sigh of relief thinking to yourself like, oh, I'm so glad we scaled down for this this project in comparison to the previous one? It's it
2: that's hard to say.
1: Yeah. I know I love working on the I'm working on episode five for Scarlet Hollow right now, mm-hmm. the script part of it. And uh it's it seems like I'm having a much easier time of it than Tony is of the <laughs> Slay the Princess script,
2: yeah. even though it's so big. It's big, but there is a a logic, I think, to the linearity is not the right word. Scarlet Hollow has a lot of branching and variation right now, um, which is part of the reason it's like 600,000 words. But it obeys real world rules, which...
1: Whereas in Slay the Princess, a lot of the rules so. are kind of
2: they're loosey-goosey,
1: loosey-goosey. so anything <laughs> could happen
2: right um yeah
1: mm-hmm. but so- I think knowing that it will be done later this year is definitely very nice yeah no, that's right <laughs> yeah
0: so like what is it like like you writing one game he writing him writing the other game and like y'all sort of like come together and like sort of like workshop each other's ideas or bounce each other's ideas off each other what is it like co-writing like two games together well
1: yeah it's fun (laughs) it's interesting i i assumed it would be a lot more difficult to switch between them uh just because we like work in the same house and we'll just walk out to the other one and be like hey i have this cool script part let me read to you while we're in the middle of writing a different scene for a different game and uh it has not been terrible it has not been distracting it has not been weird i've been able to switch through uh you know the games pretty easily so I that's think, great I we think... weren't we didn't know if that was gonna work out <laughs> as well as it did so that's
2: good yeah i think there's a lot of thematic overlap between the two titles mm-hmm. um like they approach their themes in extremely different ways but i i think it's generally the case that writers and artists like always have their pet set of Things they want to explore and express um that keep resurfacing in other in other works so i think there's a lot of ways where figuring something out in one game helps helps us figure out something else in the other oh that's
0: really cool one of the things i wanted to shout out and something that really stood out to me was the voice acting in Slate the princess it was is that extra like at like that extra layer that sort of engrosses you into the narrative that's going on because like i can still kind of distinctly remember the narrator's like voice or at least the tone of voice that he uses like who did a lot of the voice acting in this game
2: narrator is jonathan sims of Mm -hmm. magnus archives fame um
1: he's just incredible i mean i listened to the magnus archives uh i think a little after it came out uh and just loved it. He's incredible. And he's very good at the specific kind of argumentative narrator that we mm-hmm. were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Nicole Goodnight is our voice actress, and she is also incredible. And I had listened to her also in a podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And with Nicole, I think we found her because she was streaming Scarlet Hollow and uh we were watching the stream. She did different voices for every character because she's a voice actress and it was like one of those moments that was just like, oh, you you, under, you understand the correct tone and cadence and emphasis for every single line of dialogue and how those voices change for each character. And like, that's a very, very rare thing to, to find that in an actor. So we sort of immediately knew, all right, well, if we ever find ourselves hiring someone to do voice <laughs> acting in a game, Though it was very daunting to think about, like, she was at the top of the list, yes. and I think when Abby read the first draft of the first demo, First lay the Princess, she immediately was like, okay, but Johnny would be perfect for this. And mm. we were lucky enough that Johnny was already familiar with Abby's comics work, so we were able to connect over DMs, and he was very into the idea of the game, so... We didn't even have to do like a casting call we just had two people we liked and then they got psyched and that was it that's yeah. amazing that is amazing so
0: one of the so like on the other project, you know scarlet hollow you have a lot of different characters probably a, a more so more characters than insulate the princess like how is it writing for all these characters versus coming back and then writing for like, like maybe like a smaller cast with with Slay the Princess? Do you have to
2: put your mindset in a different kind of way? It's so different for <laughs> sure. It's not just the quantity of the characters; it's what is their basis.
1: Yeah, figuring out kind of their their motivations, how they respond to certain situations, it comes very naturally for Scarlet Hollow. Uh, yeah. Once you kind of figure out a few key elements of a character, right. then they kind of shape themselves from there, which is right. very nice. And
2: they all live in a facts and rules based reality. Yes. Um. So, you know, the implications of long term events are things that we can keep in mind. Whereas like on the sleigh the princess side of things, a lot of the characters, especially a lot of the additional voices you accumulate are like, the encapsulation of a single emotion so there's a trickiness there too of like that's a different type of thing to write and then also like how do we make sure to give them enough breathing room that they're present as characters without wearing out their welcome or becoming too gimmicky um which is tricky mm mm-hmm. More like writing
1: for a dramatic anime character at their peak anime. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's exactly what I was thinking of too. It's like it does feel very anime as well, and then like it has some elements of like uh, I don't know if y'all seen the movie Inside Out. Like we're like we're all sure. Yeah, yeah. It kind of has some of those elements that kind of play into that as well, and it's it's really cool how you have like a like. It's a similar kind of vibe, but in a very horror, like a horrific comedic tone. And I like, I like that. It feels unique and fresh.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one, uh, like one of the things uh, I wanted to ask you is like, we, but we all attended PAX. What was the reception like at PAX? And how did that impact you on the way you see this game right now?
1: Well, it got a super hype for <laughs> sharing more of it with people. Uh, Of course, this was our first in-person games event that we've done since we started a game studio because it was during the pandemic. So we didn't know what to expect and were absolutely amazed when people started to come up saying that people were talking about us after the show, saying all of their friends that they had to try this game. I'm like, I'm sure they say that about all the games. But as it turns out, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, I just felt amazed that it was received so well seeing people like slow down as things were happening in the game on the screen Mm -hmm. was amazing kind of just like watching them get so intrigued that they wanted to spend some of their time their limited time at the show watching our game
2: yeah uh no it was absolutely um just flooring um I'm very glad we rented that speaker that was a good call (laughs) We've got it good was, voice
1: acting. We gotta yeah. show it off.
2: Um, but yeah, no, it was it was just so cool. I don't really have a lot to say other than it was so cool and so good <laughs> because it went so well. But there you have it.
1: Yeah, we went home and felt just amazing about getting back to work.
2: Yeah,
0: that's amazing. So uh like at the demo station, um they y'all were, y'all had this game on a PC, I believe, and a Steam Deck. Like, have y'all been testing it throughout on the Steam Deck throughout the entire process of development? Or is this that was something kind of leading up to packs? you kind of wanted to see if it would work out that way? On and off. Um,
1: Yeah, just something to check in on every now and then.
2: Yeah, like, um, oh, what was I going to say? Yeah, like, uh, so we, we did a very extensive testing for the Steam Deck for Scarlet Hollow. They're both built in the same engine um the only thing the steam deck is missing at this point is I want to find a way to get that parallax effect to work on controllers because it's Mm. like guided to mouse movement and if you're using the d-pad or analog stick it just snaps to things um but we we thankfully um got a lot of that sorted out and then it was just a question of like well we're pushing a new build does it run on the steam deck and then I don't know. It's just a fantastic piece of hardware. Um, big shout out to Valve, I guess. for yeah. Making something so good, but it doesn't even need that much testing.
0: No, like so. Um, have you all tested it on other like portable PC devices? With uh, IAM am Neo um, being released, and now they
2: just announced was the Rog Ally. Like, ha- have we you all? Have not, I just happened to get a Steam Deck because I wanted a Steam Deck, <laughs> so we had it on hand. <laughs> And I don't think there's room in my my life or Abby's life for another handheld PC. <laughs> I'm the only one who uses the deck. I,
0: have I feel Switch, you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. So what do y'all do most of your gaming on?
2: Um, probably mostly just PC. PC. Yeah. yeah, I mean
1: I have a Switch that is mostly my Animal Crossing machine. So I've <laughs> played Digimon Cyber, not Cyber Sleuth. Wait sure, no, I, CyberSloof and, and
2: CyberSloof. yeah,
1: yeah, both of them. So and
2: you're like a hardcore Neopets gamer, yeah. From uh, Google Chrome, <laughs> I haven't heard Neopets in a long time. That's amazing. Neopets is still running. They converted them.
1: Well, sort of, sort of, limping it's, along.
2: It's not dead, but it's not living. <laughs> oh no! Oh there no! There are
1: still people there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah. But like most of the games were flash games, yeah. and they've been very slowly rebuilding them from the ground up and whatever the latest flash replacement is, but most of them it's just they don't run anymore. Um but yeah, and then I'm mostly just PC. I used to be a PS3 gamer. Um, and then for a while I would just have a Windows partition on my MacBooks, but I think a couple of years ago, I finally got around to building a tower and I haven't looked back.
0: I feel you. I feel you. So what so Black tabby games, Slay the Princess, you said earlier in this episode, you estimate that it's coming real soon, later this year. What's that? What's that? Like, what's that pressure like working under a deadline like that? Because you, you you said later this year, like, I I feel like it's May now. You got to be feeling a little pressure, right? We
2: thrive in the crucible <laughs> of deadlines.
1: Yeah, like uh,
2: A very nice thing about us only being two full-time people who are married and we spend all of our time together is, one, uh, when we are on crunch, um, it's like a joint crunch, right? Neither of us is abandoning our significant others <laughs> because we're in it together. And yeah, we don't it's... have full-time employees, so we're not making anyone else do it. Yeah. but we, we have
1: to do our own Red Bull runs. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but I mean, it's just every single release. Unfortunately, it is how we thrive when we work, knowing that, oh, God, we got to get this out soon. Um, yeah,
1: we keep telling ourselves the next one will be the last one.
2: But then we... <laughs> oh, the next one will be the last. Well, sorry, not, not this one. Uh, episode five of scarlet uh, hollow is yeah, going to be a little sure. crunchy granola too and <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah <laughs>
1: that's
2: for real this time, this for, time. <laughs> for real this time i um, like it
0: i can see the the chemistry already. <laughs> the <laughs> back and forth debating in chemistry i like that i like that that's cute so you know like the games, the game schedule for later this year. I this is gonna be a perfect Halloween
2: game. Y'all gotta at least try for a red Halloween. Is, I mean, that's
1: that's what that's we're aiming
2: for. for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're Let's... we're like you know we're we're in the middle of trying to finesse some sort of fancy announcement stream. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it it's gotta be out before Halloween. That's that that is the line we are drawing in the sand for ourselves. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Whatever like.
2: it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes, it's like whatever it, it takes. Whatever it takes. I like that.
0: It's yeah. the it's your in-game, so to speak. I'll, um yeah. so like you the game's the game's like scheduled for as as close to Halloween as y'all could possibly get it. I gotta ask you though, what's your favorite feature about the game? So the princess.
1: So for me, uh seeing my art transformed by the parallax and the shader that we use to make it all jiggly. That was amazing. Um, I had never seen my art look that way before, and it just feels so professional and crisp, and I love moving the little mouse around. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something to fiddle with while they talk to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think um, there's... This is more of a thematic feature, I guess, because there's a bunch of different ways that it's addressed, but I like the various ways that the game is about slightly broken reflections um right like something that that's very much been our process for both of our games is the sense of like some titles they'll have this wildly branching approach to uh narrative design where it's like you hit a fork in the road and from that fork it's like here are two completely different games like Completely different events happen to completely different people in completely different locations. And something that we started with Scarlet Hollow and are really ramping up with Slay the Princess is the idea that, like, there will be many points of large deviation, but it's still the same core premise and the same core events happening. You just get to witness them from a different perspective, Things are similar enough where you have something grounding to understand the differences, but every time you go through, there's something enriching there. So, like, it's it's a pain to write this, but, like, when you're in the woods in Chapter 2 in uh, Slay the Princess, there's ten different Chapter 2s. The conversation is almost the same, but it's different enough where it's interesting to explore, and each of these slightly altered perspectives changes the meaning of it and it gives you a different energy going into things um so that's that's what I'm really into
1: wow Tony's out here giving a profound answer and I'm like I like when
2: I'm (laughs) like you like when it wiggles yeah (laughs) no it's it's it's
0: really cool I you know like seeing your art come to life and like that must be breathtakingly like amazing that has to be like one of those moments to where you're like I made it. I made it. Like I this is something I made with my own two hands. So I I love that. I absolutely love that. I my next question for you though is like if Kirby from like Super Smash Brothers and the Nintendo character Kirby absorbed the princess, what kind of powers
2: do you think Kirby would get? Oh,
1: uh, well, then he would be the one you'd have to slay or do yeah. Himself, right?
2: Yeah. Oh man, mm-hmm. this is this isn't parallel to uh, a dream that I mm-hmm. have for our game where it's like, you know what I'm about to say. So yeah. so everyone has different benchmarks for success. For some people it's, I got a Metacritic score. For some mm-hmm. people it's like, wow, it's overwhelmingly positive reviews or it's this many units sold or whatnot. For me, it is, I am eagerly awaiting a day where I go on Reddit and I see a post from r slash who would win and it is Goku versus the princess. <laughs> He's been told she's the most powerful fighter of all time. That's amazing. When I see that post, I will feel complete. Uh, Kirby is also like extremely overpowered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. God, I think
1: that I think I gave the right answer.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. He so... could do anything. Oh yeah, no, it would it would just be over at that point. I like that. I like
0: that. So. Indie Super Smash. If an indie version of Super Smash Brothers comes out, the the princess needs to be a part of that. That Mm mainly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. bunch of
1: indie guys (laughs) and Kirby's also there. Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. So, how are you going to celebrate when Silly the Princess comes out? Sleep.
1: Yeah, we're going to sleep. Uh, I'm going to celebrate Halloween for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. As a goth, I usually have work around Halloween because all of my like work is themed around that. So. Yeah,
2: also if I'm being entirely honest, game comes out and I will be frantically fixing bugs for a couple weeks. Um, usually we're good at avoiding game-breaking ones, but uh, there there is a part of how I function where it's like if somebody finds the smallest bug and reports it, I'm just like... But if I don't fix it and upload a patch right now, <laughs> like literally right now, someone else might experience this bug and their experience will also be worse for it. Um, so like I there's this weird thing that's happened to me with all of our other releases, like for episodes of Scarlet Hollow, where it's like I am dying from crunch, like into release day and then it's out And then I hit like a second wind and don't sleep for about two weeks until the dust settles.
0: That's fun. So that's, that's so, so intense, but fun. I like that. I like that. So, you know, like what has that release cadence been like for you? You have like one game to where you're releasing in an episodic fashion versus Slay the Princess, which is just going to be one solid release date. Like, what does that feel like in contrast to one another? Gary.
1: Yeah, Knowing that it's just going to be one and done is very Mm -hmm. interesting too because so much of Scarlet Hollow is ramping up especially with the fan community of escalations and watching how they react and putting the pieces together in the discord and with Slay the Princess it's going to be basically I hope people like it and I hope they get a lot of playtime out of it. (laughs) Like a nice
2: thing with the episodic release especially in early access is there has been wiggle room
0: Mm -hmm.
2: if Like Especially like Scarlet Hollow is a mystery game and there are a million moving pieces and when you write a mystery, because you know how it's going to end, sometimes you'll put a very subtle clue in and be like, should I even put this clue in? It's too obvious. Everyone's going to solve everything immediately. And something that's been nice with Scarlet Hollow is as episodes come out, we can see fan theories and we can see reactions to things that happen and then that lets us get a sense of Oh, I, was something too subtle? Is something else too obvious? It's like we've had we have a lot
1: of practice runs with Scarlet Hollow. <laughs>
2: exactly. Of
1: like we get to see what works on a release, see what kind of ad language works and what kind of imagery works. And then uh, with Slay the Princess, we got to get it right the first time. <laughs> we have to get it right.
2: The, because also with Slay the Princess, like with Scarlet Hollow, if we need to change a line of dialogue or even add a new scene or whatever. That's something that we can flexibly do on our own. But uh, the smallest change in "Slay the Princess" is something where suddenly we have to bring in a bunch of voice actors to re-record things. Like there was, there was a patch, um, that just went out yesterday, um, for when this was recorded. But mm-hmm. I don't know what it'll air. Um, but it went out yesterday. That it was like kind of taking the feedback that a lot of folks were having trouble getting to the beast route in the demo, so we altered how to get there a little bit and it required adding one new line of dialogue and it's like just coordinate one like there's always a what there's only one line of dialogue I am so reluctant to send an email because I don't want to email someone and be like all right uh, so can you just like (laughs) go to your recording studio get everything set up and then record 20 seconds for me and then send it over especially because like I know a lot of the time the day after I send that email or the day after I get the line back, I will have another single line. (laughs) It was like, there was a a few weeks of waiting and then Mm -hmm. reaching out and then like trying to schedule it being recorded. And it was like, that was for, for one small thing. So there is, this is a very roundabout way of being like, this is a single release. We'll, we'll, We'll patch things where there's issues of course, and we probably will have to do just because of the complexity and scale of the narrative, we probably will have to do like a couple short recording sessions, you know, in the weeks following release. Mm-hmm. But it's different. I feel you. So, like,
0: if y'all do a third game, like, oh, is this going to be a, like a lot of lines of dialogue, or you feel like you're almost like oh, we're going to go the other way, the other extreme,
2: and just go muted characters? So, there will be a lot of words i think that's
1: who we are yeah
2: <laughs> I, think, I think there will be a question about voice acting mm-hmm. um
1: it adds a lot it
2: adds a lot if you it's get like,
1: good voice actors like it really elevates the game
2: it is also a lot of extra labor and it does like you know it does shackle parts of the development process i i would not do slay the princess again without voice acting we wouldn't do that um but like it's something that we'd have to think about especially depending on the scope of a third game
1: yeah if we could hire somebody to do that
2: maybe <laughs> yeah but, but that's then years if, down the line what if what if that person picks a different take for a line read than the one we would have
1: picked yeah something we really like about our projects is how much control we have over every little element since our, our uh it's really just us yeah. <laughs> and like our our uh, composer so Losing some of that control is very scary. <laughs> what if they don't do as good of a job?
0: Well, uh, what what other genres of games would y'all like to attempt other than you know like narrative based, um, almost like pick your own adventure, almost like visual novel esque type of games? So, what other genres would y'all like to tackle? I like that a lot. It's
1: yeah, <laughs> I feel a like lot. we've been gaining a lot of skills there, mm-hmm. and like being able to to really do really good work with it so yeah i think i I, like sticking with stuff that we already know how to do well is always a good thing because we can always improve on it
2: right like Like i think i think the one thing i might be interested in would be a sticking to a visual novel or visual novel adjacent narrative format but with like uh an isometric world to explore kind of like a disco Elysium
1: yeah which also would like not be too difficult on the art end like mm -hmm. it's very well known how to do that sort of thing
2: right like I think one of the big challenges with writing in a visual novel format especially when you have so much choice is constantly having to find ways to get the player from point a to point b especially in an open-ended exploration where the flow of the scene makes sense um Whereas in an isometric game, you don't have to narrate where the player is going. Somebody walks. They and just then, make the decision and they have an internal narrative about it. Sorry, I talked to them.
1: That's all right. Then they feel more uh, involved in the story. They feel more immersed because they're little guys walking around. So I think that is a consideration. I would yeah. definitely be interested in that if we're up for it.
2: Yeah. So.
0: Okay, okay. So my last Slay the Princess question for you today is here we go where can people find Slay the Princess where can they wish
2: list it what platforms was it available on So right now um you can play the demo or wish list it or do the equivalent of wish listing it on Steam itch.io and goG uh it will be available on the same day for all of those platforms um on Windows Linux and Mac um. I think that's, that's probably, I don't think we're doing any other PC storefronts for now. Um, And then we will probably be exploring console ports for some time next year, but we are two people. So we're trying to keep things small and focused so we can continue to self-publish.
1: I hit October.
2: Yeah, I like (laughs) self-publishing. Yeah, that too. We have to hit October.
0: How how much uh, like has one of the other like shut down a third a game idea? You're like writing in the book. I, I don't want to hear about it. Like right now, we still got two big projects we're working on.
2: Have you all had to we like? Talk about, we talk about Game three ideas all the time. All the shut time. Down any of them.
1: We're both <laughs> terrible at being like, yeah, that's great. I love putting more projects on our plate. Yeah. <laughs> I have like three or four books planned for after mm-hmm. video games, and we'll see how many of those I can get in before we start possibly another game who knows i think we'll probably be doing a third (laughs)
2: game i like that i like that so
1: we always have more stuff on on our uh, agenda
2: yeah even if there's a part of me that just wants to sleep forever at this point (laughs) um really
1: you want to sleep for two weeks and then get right back to it exactly
2: mm -hmm. i've never been able to like take a vacation longer than a week without getting antsy
0: i like that i like that so here we go with my final question of the podcast outside of the the rigmarole that we do at the end. And that question is, are you ready? Because you are about to experience one of the hardest things you will ever experience on any podcast ever. And that is the pro nerd trivia portion of our show, where I am going to ask our esteemed guest right here. Five different questions from five different areas of nerdy expertise these questions are controlled by my Wheel of Destiny. The wheel is on my screen right here to my right. It will just spin randomly, and whatever category this wheel lands on is the category for that question. So, my esteemed guest, are you ready?
1: It's ready as I'll ever be.
0: I'm extremely ready. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, here we go. The first category. Okay. Is in a galaxy far, far away. It is Star Wars. So, on Star Wars. All right. Who? What is the name of the slave owner that sold or traded away Anakin Skywalker? That would be Watto. Final answer. He got it correct. He got the first one correct. It is indeed Watto. Annie! Um, Yay! (laughs) Good
1: job, Tony!
0: All right, so the next question is in the realm of Harry Potter. Harry Potter. What is the full name of Lord Voldemort? There's
2: a middle name in that there.
1: Riddle, or is that his other is that a fake name? No, I think
2: that? I think that's it.
1: I am Lord Voldemort. No, he rearranged his own name, yeah. right? Okay. Final answer.
0: What what was the final answer?
1: Tom Marvolo Riddle.
0: That is correct. You are two for two so far. Going (laughs) strong. I like that. I like that. So my next question, let's see what category it is in. Ooh. All right. The next question is in Middle Earth, the realm of Middle Earth that is, because it is Lord of the Rings. All right. So in Lord of the Rings, after a- after Aragon is named king, who did the king bow to? The hobbits. That is correct. That is indeed the right answer. All right, we're not even nice. consulting it. <laughs> no, for sure. Y'all are just rapid fire. I like this. I like this. This is. I. It looks like we might have a new champion. I like that. I don't want to speak too soon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Everything. All right. All right. So. Here is the next question. It is in the realm of Star Trek. Oh, this is gonna be a toughie. Well Yeah, this is this might be a toughie because I'm I'm loosely like knowledgeable about Star Trek. What about y'all?
1: I only know it through all of the Star Trek fans I personally know.
0: Well, you so know
2: a lot
1: though. I do know a lot, so we'll see. All right.
0: All right, so. What does the character Dina love almost as much as life itself?
1: I don't know that one. <laughs> Dina.
0: Deanna or Dina?
2: Yeah, I think it's Deanna. That's, that's, that's Troy. Oh, okay. Um, okay. She's got the spots. She, 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 she's that one with the long curly hair and the jumpsuit. Um...
1: Should we guess wrong? Should we guess wrong on
2: purpose?
1: We, we could guess a wrong nice, on purpose. A nice
0: martini? <laughs> dry? Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Nice martini dry, dry martini? It had to be dry. Yeah. Okay. That, unfortunately, is the incorrect answer. That The answer is
2: chocolates. I was wow. going to guess ice cream, which is almost almost there. there. Gonna, um, yeah. for
1: that one, I'm sure
2: <laughs> I watched like ten whole episodes of the next generation.
1: <laughs> well, we failed.
2: Okay. But, but I want to know what the last question is.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, yeah. I was going to give that to you regardless. Um, my last question, and this is a fun thing we like to do on the show. We like to let you choose your own destiny. Would you like okay. to choose between the categories of A or B? A or B, because the wheel has two categories right now, and I'll let you choose between those two.
1: Let's go A. Yeah,
0: let's go for Abby. Sure. A for Abby. I like that. I like that. This question is in the realm of Nintendo. Okay. Nintendo. All right. So, Nintendo had a famous game console by the name of the Nintendo 64. What year was the Nintendo sixty four released?
2: What year was the Nintendo sixty four released? What year was it?
0: Nintendo
2: sixty (laughs) four. We (laughs) could just say nineteen sixty four. No, okay, (laughs) hold on, hold on. So it's somewhere in the nineties.
0: Okay, okay,
2: I like the train of thought there. Was I feel. I feel like it was after we were born. I'm going to just. I'm gonna take. Can I just take a stab? Go for it. 1998. Oh, unfortunately, that is incorrect. It is 1996.
1: Oh, you'll never guess what I was gonna say. Were you gonna
2: say 1996? (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm sure
1: all the people at home are yelling at their screens yeah. right now. Yeah. You
0: are, you have tied for third place right now. Um, most people have gotten that to that three question marker, so you've tied with a lot of people at third place. But that
2: makes sense for oh, funsies. I mean, only one person has gotten four. If only, only one person has gotten five,
0: one person has gotten four. Uh, two people have gotten four. One person has gotten five wow okay wow yeah yeah so we've had a lot of we've had a lot of people in the threes um a lot of people in the fours as well like that's only gotten one question as well so um,
1: we only know as much as any other given nerd apparently
0: (laughs) (laughs) so for funsies would you like to experience the road not taken and see what was the question for option b yeah would we have gotten b sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure here we go option b Oh, this is a fun one. Option B is 90s cartoons. We should pick right. <laughs> 90s <laughs> cartoons. All right, so name one one cartoon series that showed on two networks that would be
2: Disney and Nickelodeon. See, I was a cartoon network baby um
1: i wasn't a disney baby but
2: you were a nick baby i
1: was nick and cartoon network Mm -hmm. but i was not disney
2: so a cartoon that
0: has been featured on both nickelodeon and the disney channel in the 90s in the 90s it
2: was for sure 90s cartoon trying to think if it
1: was
2: it's impossible in the 90s that seems That's like it would have been nice. Disney oh I was about to say mm-hmm. I thought that was Nintendo but I got the Disney <laughs> vibe so. <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> I'm your basic average girl and I'm here to save the world
1: I didn't even know there was any overlap there all right I gotta hear it what was what it?
2: is Dragon Ball Z that
0: that was Toonami that was <laughs> <laughs> that, um unfortunately that is incorrect the correct answer was the character by the name of Doug?
1: I Doug never was a that Disney
2: one. at the, some point.
0: That's Doug amazing. was Disney yeah. as well as
2: as well as Nickelodeon. He's one of the I rare. I only knew the Nick <laughs> side of Doug. One of the rare. But characters. I was going to say any Nick other than Doug. Yeah, I, I forgot had Rugrats. <laughs> I had Hey Arnold. Those are the only two Nickelodeons I know.
1: Sorry, Doug, you fell off the face of the earth as far as I knew.
2: I, I, I wonder. Recess. Oh, like right. so like the wheel kind of
0: spins like on the category and it also spins on the question it was like it's on the hair like marker between like on the pie chart between this other question i want right. to ask you this to see if you get it okay. What, okay who owns a very tatty barbie doll named cynthia
1: oh well that's uh angelica
0: angelica yeah angelica pickles got it what she said so everyone that has been our pro nerd trivia portion of the show they did really well um was knocking out of the park for the first three questions didn't even need to consult one another yeah i was i was thinking to myself i'm like oh we're crowning one right now we're crowning one nah man man it hit that's star trek
1: and star trek oops
0: (laughs) that's star trek so before we go though
2: where can the good people find you um so we've got a discord server uh we can email you the link to that okay after this call
1: mm-hmm. our community is um, very active they're we're great we're
2: on twitter.com so i yearn to escape that hell site <laughs> um and hopefully not just get stuck on twitter too mm-hmm. um, everyone's on... moving to twitter too right now mm-hmm. um
1: we're on tumblr for, yeah, we're
2: on for tumblr. folks who go there We've got a Twitch channel, though we rarely stream there.
1: And uh, blacktabbygames.com if you would yes. like any information for press or outreach. Yes.
0: All right. So everyone, the links for all those will be in the description of this episode. Before we go though, I want to thank y'all so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. So the I loved y'all, loved y'all throughout the entire show. But the trivia portion in general was really fun. I loved seeing how y'all bounce. The chemistry between y'all is so fun. It's energetic. <laughs> yeah, we should get married or <laughs> something. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all might need to look at. <laughs> y'all might need to look into that. But thank you so much for being on the show. I would love to have you back, especially around the time of this game's release. Y'all, y'all have y'all have this energy about you i want to do a deep deep discussion on this game after it's released where we can talk all the all the nice all the spoilers yeah no that that would be great yeah
1: this was wonderful thank you so much
0: no for sure thank you all everyone go check out black tabby games go check out scarlet hollow and go check out slay the princess So that's a wrap for today's episode, I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Tony and Abby from Black Tabby Games for joining me on the show today. I also want to let you know about the single player experience discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description.